Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the WrestleManiacs Podcast. A podcast where a group of improvisers from Detroit with a mutual love of wrestling come together to discuss each WrestleMania one at a time. there are you wrestling maniacs all you nostalgia holics and hardcore members of the iwc and all you casual fans who just like your pro wrestling on the tv my name is alex ketcham and as always i am here with the man with the plan mr bob wick we're gonna get down today baby indeed we are and the captain of keeping it real jake russell what up though what up though indeed greetings from detroit it's a beautiful rainy day up here and we want to thank you for tuning in and downloading the wrestlemaniacs podcast and if you get a chance please rate review and subscribe hit us up on facebook or at gmail you know the info you've been listening for a while now get in touch we want to make this better in that right producer bob sure yes yeah. yes that's our goal <laughs> yeah and our goal is to bring a good show and i feel like the last wrestlemania drained us a bit you know it, that was a rough it, one it did yeah. We had a great guest. I felt I felt like I need to send Alex a gift basket just from apologizing to make him sit down there and watch that for three hours. <laughs> but, but this week we're doing good. We're feeling great. And we have another special guest. Bam! Proof that we do have actual friends. So, Mr. Sal Caramano is with us today. Salvador Caramano. It's, yeah. a, it's a bit of a mouthful, but uh, that I you got it pretty good. Uh, thank you. You know, uh, it's it's the accent. I, just can, I can just not uh, not enunciate. Yeah, which Alex is known for his mastery of accents. <laughs> hey, no problem. I got southern and southern. But uh, regardless, just hey, you can call me Sal. So. All right, all right. Well, Sal, thank you for joining us today. Oh, well, thank you for having me. I'm uh, again. I I'll say this right off the top. I don't know if I'm the best person or the worst person to discuss this WrestleMania because I'm going to just come out flat out and say, uh, 1997 in the WWF is probably my favorite year in WWF history. Um, you start off the top of the year with a great Fatal Four Way, and then you go into the of course classic Bret Austin feud, and then you top it off with the Sean Bret. Uh, Montreal Tobacco, which is my favorite feud of all time. So yeah. I'm excited to talk about this one. I loved this show. Awesome. I, that, I, I gotta agree. 97 was one of my favorite years in wrestling ex- until the Brett thing. That really hurt me emotionally as a fan. And then he went to WCW and they did nothing with him. That made me sad. But broke him. <laughs> Fuck. Yeah, they broke him. I mean, it was fun when uh, Goldberg tried to spear him. He had that Oh, metal the plate, thing, the chest metal, plate. Yeah, that plate was, under him. Actually, that was really under good. Under the hockey jersey, that, that was funny as hell. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, I remember I once just thinking about Bret Hart's WCW career. I tried to list all the great moments. I think I came up with a few really really great ones, but I, I think overall everyone could agree lackluster. Of course, Jake said the you know kind of Goldberg uh, metal plate spear. I think everybody would agree the Owen Ben the match he did in honor of Owen with Benoit was that spectacular. Was really yeah, that was a great one. Um. And then what else did we have? I mean, I don't think the NWO reforming the NWO with Scott Hall and Jarrett. I wouldn't say that was a highlight. He had good matches with Flair. Oh um, yes, the Flair feud was phenomenal. That was, that was pretty dope. His stuff with DDP was really good. Yeah, did he have a? Oh my god! And they never refueled with Sting. They never refueled with Sting or something like that. They did, but I could. The, I remember the main event. They, they did a pay per view blow off, and it just, it just. Well, I don't know if it, there was like a, a lot of like. Bats and chairs and just stuff they didn't need. They had Bret Hart and Sting. They had the same finishing move. Like 
it's like fans wanted to see those two guys fight for a long time because they were like the number one good guys in the early 90s on both different TV shows. Mm -hmm. And they kind of botched it. Also, Bret Hart in uh, 1998... uh, Shortly feuded with Will Sasso from Mad TV. Do you remember that? Oh my! Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. That, that's back when WCW would bring in all the celebrities. Anybody? Yeah. Anybody. Uh, also, remember WCW celeb? They brought in Beetlejuice from the Howard Stern yes. show. Oh, yes, yes, the Whack Pack. Yes, he brought another. Yeah, they brought in Master P. <laughs> Yes, they brought in yes. insane clown posse for a minute. Oh, then then so did Car- WWE. Carl yeah. Malone and fucking uh, Diamond Ellis Page, yeah. Rodzilla. Yeah, yeah, yeah Rodzilla. Yeah, Dennis Rodman. Yeah. Yeah, they brought in a lot of a lot of people. That they did. Uh, Will Arnett, not Will Arnett. Uh, the other guy, <laughs> uh, the one who won the title, uh, David Arquette. David Arquette. Yeah, yeah. Not to be confused with Will Arnett. Two right. different guys. I met David Arquette. He's a nice guy. He's still wrestling. He's doing those death matches, man. Yeah. He's got to be about fifty right now, too. Fuck. Yeah, he's going pretty hardcore. Got a lot of tattoos. I saw him fight Mr. Kennedy. I think Ken- Kennedy won, so I was happy about that. But. Fun he had fact, a hot date. Fun fact: I do own a framed Ready to Rumble poster. So I honestly uh, love that movie. Oh, we're that, gonna have, that I'm, was, I'm a fan. Oh my god, we're yeah. gonna have a fun day. This was that the fun. farting nuns? Uh, the, oh <laughs> god, yes, of course. <laughs> All right, so Sal, in case you don't know, we like to set the mood a little bit. You know, Let's we talked about the year in wrestling, so we want to go back to 1997, kind of get us in that mode, back you know, be a little nostalgia. So, Bobby. Do you have the time machine ready? I do. I do. Uh, so we're, let's talk movies. Like, it was a great year for movies. Uh, a little bit of something for everybody. We have Titanic. LA Confidential was one of my favorites. Uh, Goodwill Hunting. Donnie Brasco. Face Off. Um, so many. Face Off. Uh, <laughs> the Fifth Element. Starship Troopers. Uh, just so many good ones. Uh, I like the Boogie Nights. Jackie Troopers. Brown. Uh, you know, it was a bunch of good movies, man. Uh, we're talking, we're talking music. Uh, you have Jewel, Foolish Games, Puff Daddy, I'll Be Missing You, Tony Braxton, Unbreak My Heart, Puff Daddy Again, Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, R. Kelly, I Can Believe I Can Fly. Feeling like a 97 better year for movies than music. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, little bit. yeah. When you got two Puffy songs in uh, your top songs, That I was think. Puffy's year, man. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 man, don't hate on Diddy, man. Hey, <laughs> it's hard not to. Uh, TV, we, we got the pretty much the same lineup as last year. You know, you got your X-Files, Friends, King of the Hill, Seinfeld. Oh, uh, King Frasier. of the Hill. I think it came out that year, didn't it? What? King of the Hill came out. I believe so, yeah. yeah. When uh, it first came out, it was big. And if you're at the Wick House, you're probably watching NYPD Blue, because we don't have cable. I remember Vince in that great, uh, Vince introducing the Attitude Era promo. He name drops King of the Hill. He goes, we get our ideas from uh, soap operas like Days of Our Lives, animated sitcoms like Fox's King of the Hill that just came out last week. (laughs) You remember that? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I I remember the first season of King of the Hill, they did something about the, the snipe hunting, which... I don't know if y'all ever... Yeah, that's a, that. that's a classic. That's, that's a thing, right? And y'all yeah, ever go, go snipe? I was taking snipe hunting, and like the joke was they would just get left out in the woods, right? Yes. But I just remember just, here's your bag, and here's your whoop-ass stick. And I just thought that was just hilarious. We're going to go scare them. Yeah. We're going to go scare them. Take your bags and your whoop-ass sticks. <laughs> no. All right, Jake, what happened that was cool in 1997? Oh, man. A lot of cool albums that dropped that year, man. Uh, let's see. What... Uh... We got Life After Death, Taurus B.I.G.'s double album that came out like three weeks after he passed. 
big album that year. Also, uh, <clears throat> Puffy's No Way Out, the one the guy y'all was hating on <laughs> earlier. <laughs> P. Diddy. P. Diddy. Hey, don't hate on Diddy, man. He's. I like Puffy. I'm not a big fan of Diddy. Buster Rhymes kills it on that album. Yeah, that. that the, yeah, the the one the one the one chorus, song. The, the one chorus. That's, yeah. that's what he does. He's a one song wonder. It's like you don't want to buy his albums, but he can drop. He can drop a verse. <laughs> yeah, Buster had a huge year uh, that year as well. Anyway, Sal, what was your favorite thing about the year 97? Favorite thing in 97? Uh, you know, we had the height of the NWO. We had ECW's very first pay-per-view. But I think my thing that I love the most about uh, 1997 is WrestleMania 13. I think this is my absolute favorite year in WWF history, as I mentioned at the beginning of the show. I loved this show. Um, there was, I mean, there was some crap on here, uh, but I pretty much loved everything. On here, there was very few that I disliked. I was engaged in all these characters. I liked everything. I think we're gonna get along just fine. Yeah, Sal. yeah, yeah. <laughs> but Sal, before we get started, uh, why don't you t- tell us about yourself? Like, yeah. how'd you get into wrestling? You know, yeah, that kind of stuff. Oh God, I mean, I feel like uh, I was telling you guys a little earlier before off mic that I got into wrestling in November of 1998. You remember the, the month. That's, yes, co- that's cool. This was around the time of the buried alive match between Austin and the undertaker at the rock yeah. bottom pay-per-view. I remember thinking heel rock was the coolest guy ever. Uh, I was seeing some of these characters like gold dust, Godfather, Val Venus. It, you know, being eight years old and seeing this stuff, it's like, Oh my God, what, is this how is this allowed on television it it seemed like it was the decline of the western civilization every week and it was just like oh my god i need to this is something they don't want me to watch and i need to watch this as much as possible <laughs> i love that uh, that's awesome like funny thing like is i started watching in the late 80s so I had like the same thing. This I'm not supposed to watch this but that was because it was past my bedtime when prime time wrestling would come on so for exact other end of the spectrum as far as like the naughty kid like, i'm not watching gold dust wear a bra and like make yeah. out luna vachon yes that started mid 80s so it was like this was for kids this is so stupid yeah <laughs> right. like totally opposite oh hulk hogan blah 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 eat your vitamins say your prayers but that's amazing. yeah but yeah i definitely agree because like when i can i came in around the time you came in, well a little maybe a few years earlier than that around 95 96 something like that but um like watching this shit um, I'm like, like there's kids in the audience. They watching this crazy shit. Like not even just like um, characters on WWF or WWE, whatever you want to call it now. Um, but even like ECW, man. Like they should, they <laughs> fuck, man. Like send send motherfuckers on fire and shit. And Doing pretty and much shit. everything yeah. other than uh, killing each other. Yeah, yeah. On that. coming close to it. Fuck, yeah. man. <laughs> Definitely. I mean, uh, I remember tuning on uh, over here. We have WADL. That was the cable access over by where I lived, and that's yeah. what ECW yep. used to come on. It'd come on super late, and it always seemed like it was. I mean, it seemed like it was Videodrome or something. Like, how was this on television? I remember <laughs> that opening where they're putting people through flaming tables. Yeah. And I remember Paul Heyman coming out and mentioning, last week I watched King of the Ring, and this show was so boring, and I watched Great American Bash. And I remember as a kid being like, wait, what? How is he saying this? Yeah. Just like, but yeah, ECW having that, always feeling very... Uh, like, this is breaking some kind of rule or something. It always felt very exciting. I didn't have access to ECW in Dyersburg. We didn't have any channel that would play it. Like, it, like in the later years when it wasn't 
when it was kind of on the way out, they came on like TNN or something real late. But uh, yeah, that I was... didn't know about it at all. Yeah, I, re- I remember them going on TNN. Uh, Roller Jam used to follow. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Roller yeah. Jam. That was so. Yeah, that was a horrible watch. I was a, I was a huge Roller Jam fan. Really? I was a yeah. fan too. I I know. I, I, I appreciate like Roller Derby. But... Roller Derby stuff. Yeah. yeah. Oh god. But, that, yeah. but everybody had like special moves and stuff. Yeah, it was like female wrestling on skates. Yeah, they were definitely trying to do something with that Friday TNN lineup. It didn't quite pan out, but uh, no. they tried. When did you say ECW went to TNN? Or? Yeah, ECW went to TNN. Was this ninety nine? Ninety nine. Sounds about right. I mean, this was at the height of wrestling being massive. They they said we need a third wrestling show on cable, and ECW is the third guy. So yeah, it wasn't too much longer after this that I remember we I had a. One one Monday night, we were watching wrestling, and my friend was talking about how much I liked wrestling, and he liked it too at the time because everybody did. But we did the math. I think it was like every day but Wednesday, the wrestling was on TV. Yeah, there was yeah. a wrestling show on. Every now day. it's the opposite. Shit. Yeah, now <laughs> there's two on Wednesdays. Yeah, how things change. Mm-hmm. But on to change itself, right? We're going to the WrestleMania, March twenty third, nineteen ninety seven. A lot of change going on in 97. Yeah. Everything. I mean, NWO, WCW is kicking ass. WWF is no longer the number one company uh, as far as ratings and income, but they're making a comeback, and this is the beginning of that comeback. Uh, It's WrestleMania 13. We got three big matches in the intro promo. 18,197 fans are crammed into the legendary Rosemont Horizon in Chicago, Illinois. Which is a building I just love. Whenever I hear that name, like with a wrestling show, it's got a good name. Yeah, <laughs> I feel like it's gonna be a good show. I don't know why. Maybe it's the crowd, but whenever I hear the Rosemont Horizon, I think the show is gonna be good. Maybe the CM Punk things and like WrestleMania. And this WrestleMania is part of it. But my favorite always the Smoothie King Stadium. In, uh, <laughs> was that in Louisiana? They did two recent WrestleManias there. And it's the Smoothie King Stadium. The Smoothie King I thought it was Stadium. The Superdome. <laughs> oh, that reminds me of the beginning. Everyone watched the movie Basketball or Basketball. Mm-hmm. Like the guys from South Park wrote it. And in the beginning, it's kind of like uh, this dystopian future where the everybody's taking over the stadiums and name it. So you have like the Playtex Center and stuff like that. Yeah, the, it was like, yeah, the Tampax. Yeah, the Tampax. Yeah. And it had like a big tampon out in front and it was terrible. Uh <laughs> from the geniuses that bring us up. Yeah, there you go. Of the, the Raiders moved from Oakland to L.A. and back to Oakland, and no one seemed to care. No. <laughs> I love you mentioned that uh, that package that opens up the show, those David Zahadi produced, uh, black and white, you know, very overdramatic. I think that sets the tone for these pay-per-views perfectly. I I love these things. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was great. I loved the intro. Um I love that they had this same actor, voice actor, do like a lot of these intros for a lot of the pay-per-views for a few years. And I, he had that, that kind of like that deep voice, but it was, it's very iconic for WWF. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't, do you might know his name? I can't remember his name off the top of my head, but regardless, it's his voice that's important. His name yes. is not. <laughs> and it, it, it does set the tone. It was really good and until they had the one with uh, Freddie Glassy doing one. Uh, when I like the Freddie Glassy one. No, no, no. Oh. no, no, no. I'm, yeah, I do too. I'm saying until Freddie Glassy's like little promo intro, that oh. like, this guy's voice was like, like. I see what you're saying. My bad. Yes, the go-to. It was really good. Um, it, it's it's kind of like along like when you get 
familiar with the voice actor, like the the guy that used to do the movie trailers all the time. Yeah. In, in a, a world. world. Yeah. He, <laughs> he's basically the WWE version of that. Yeah, he was. Um, and I love the logo, too. Like the, the, the 13 logo with the fire and everything. It oh, God, really yeah. Cool. Yeah, I, uh, you know, honestly, my opinion about this specific show, I think this sets the tone for the Attitude Era perfectly. I feel that, uh, you know, they're they're starting to get into this whole Shades of Grey thing. You know, Brett's not really a heel. He's not really a face. Same with Austin. They're talking about these fallen heroes. They got these complex, gritty storylines. This just perfectly kind of kicks off what the Attitude Era would become, kind of the blueprint for uh, what would follow in 98. Yeah, I think, yeah, the official Attitude Era in 98. But I, I feel like the Attitude Era has already begun. Like, this is like the, this is the moment, like the weeks leading up to this with the Royal Rumble and Fatal 4-Way uh, pay-per-views and like the, all the the cursing and promos on Raw from like Brett and like Stone Cold and things. Mm-hmm. Like, this is, that was the beginning of the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. And like the show ends with Bret Hart just screaming, God damn it, into a microphone. Yeah. I'm sorry to defense there, but. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's like that's when when I remember as a fan just watching in shock, like the, the he's he's lost it, you know. It's it seems very real. Things are slowly kind of edging towards uh being a little, you know, pushing the envelope a little more. Uh, November '96, Pillman pulls a gun on Austin. You have uh, Pillman's you know, got a gun. Yeah, you yeah. have uh, the Goldust character getting a little more risque. You have like as he mentioned, uh, Brett is cursing on live television. Uh, sort of the days of Doink the Clown and Bastion Booger are, are officially dead here. Thank There's God. still some characters uh, kind of remaining from that era, but we're we're getting ready for '98 here. Yeah, it's gonna be. It, this is gonna be. A, it's a great show, and it's gonna be kind of fun to go through it match by match. And like up until now, I think I don't know if it's because of my fandom or just the quality of the matches, but I think this has been my one of my favorite WrestleManias, if not my favorite WrestleMania, to go back and rewatch because a lot of it still holds up. And I don't know if you guys agree or not, but but we'll find out one by one. And we start off (laughs) with a four-team elimination match between the Headbangers, the Godwins, or as we called them last week, uh, Mario and Luigi, Buffalo Mario and Mario and Luigi. Although the uh, Henrys wore a different color tonight, so he didn't look like uh, Luigi. He wore brown, I think. And then with they got Hillbilly Jim. And then we have, uh, well, oh, Furnace and LaFon, the team that got famous in Japan as being one of the greatest tag teams in the world. Didn't really see it in the WWF. And uh, the new Blackjacks making their debut. Yes, Bradshaw. Yeah, young With Bradshaw. With a mustache, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Barry Wyndham and... Yo, Samity Sam mustache. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I thought the thing about this match that was so funny is we talked about sort of we're edging into 98, we're going into the Attitude Era. They're, they're starting to push the envelope a little bit more, but there are some characters kind of still hanging around from those that cartoony kind of doink the clown days. I You know, the Godwins, the Headbangers, the new Blackjacks, these are, you know, very much of... You know, even though it's the '90s, it's this is the big cartoon Saturday morning characters, those broad stock characters. You know, you have the hillbillies, the punk rockers, the cowboys. Yeah. You know, by the time you get to about 2000, that's officially extinct. You know, extinct. I agree. I, I like the uh, headbangers. Seemed like more fitting for the for like the. I, I think the only reason they kind of fit in because they they. They almost match what like uh, the grunge era type thing. I think that's what Vince is going for. Like. But I agree with the rest of the the the, the characters that kind of you know 
caricatures than characters, you know, like here's your, like you said, like Sal said, like here's your hillbilly, here's your blah, blah, blah. Um, Furnace and LaFawn didn't really have a gimmick. No, no. no. And they, they kind of stood out in this match because of that. Like or, they, or even, you know, kind of blended into the back. Uh, yeah. Uh, Doug Furness and Phil LaFon are this weird tag team for me where they've been around, it seems like, forever. These guys, I, I've I've never really got this thing, how they hung around for so long. It was always They've always been kind of change the channel, go away heat to me. I thought for some reason, anytime them or the smoking guns would come on my television, I was I was just so bored by these guys. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's true. It's I mean, true. I, I really don't know what their thing is. I don't know who these guys are as characters. They just seem very uh, generic, very vanilla. They felt like enhancement that just happened to have a better record than most enhancement teams. Absolutely. I and like I like how you said they're very vanilla. Very, very. <laughs> um, I, you know, as much as I'm saying that these characters are kind of relics of that sort of Saturday morning, uh, you know, neon 80s era, I think the Godwins are a really fun tag team. I like Thrasher and Mosh. Uh, the new Blackjacks probably didn't oh, God work. damn it. No. All right, look, if you, if you got the new... new. <laughs> It's in front of not gonna fucking work. anything, no. you're done. You're mm-hmm. already being compared to something that was legendary, and therefore you are not that. It's done. Yeah, it's not newer. It's Unless you're better. the new Trish Stratus, because I can see more of her. Ooh, <laughs> thank you for that. Uh, but uh, I, as a the kid growing up, I I always okay. loved the headbangers. I thought the the headbangers were pretty cool. Uh, you know, they almost came in as the nuns. Yeah, the flying nuns. It was Mother Smucker and Sister Angelica. Yeah, they had these brother love is going to come back. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I would have loved that. I would have fucking loved that. So they uh, they started out in Smoky Mountain with Jim Cornette, and they in Tennessee, rural Tennessee, like you're wearing like the skirts and stuff like yeah. that, like major heat. Oh, of course. Like, they were super. I bad don't feel guys. comfortable with boys wearing dresses around here. Mm. Yeah, it's like what are they doing cross dressing? Yeah. Mm. That's not what boys are supposed to wear. I don't like that. We don't like them skirts. It makes boys. it feel funny mm-hmm. in the pants area. So what happened in this match? Well, <laughs> all right. So the <laughs> what's so funny? So what we were actually talking about, guys? I'm sorry. No, it was good. It was no, good. Oh, I'm just getting it back on I track. Loved it. I was. I loved that was a compliment. Jake is getting us back on track. I right? enjoy it. They good. do this thing. They start off the match, which I mean, WrestleMania is known for. Let's try to get as many guys on the card as we can. Yeah. And they always do this thing where, because we have so many tag teams in this match, let's make the rules as confusing as possible. See, I liked the elimination. Like, I love elimination matches. I think the the, the first, if it's four teams and the one team gets the win, like, with the first pinfall, it doesn't make any sense. But, like, if you get an elimination thing, you tag the other teams in, you rest up. It's logical, right? Uh, But we get two teams go out real quick. The new Blackjacks who are debuting and don't show us fucking anything other than great mustaches. Pretty much DOA. Mm-hmm. And they take out Furnace and LaFon in a double DQ, but Furnace and LaFon were DQ'd for unknown reasons. And then we leave, basically just have a tag team match between the Godwins and the Headbangers, which is not bad. And I know we mm. shat on the Godwins a lot last, like, like last WrestleMania, but I do want to give some props to Henry Godwin because the Scorpion death drop on WCW yeah. was like, over a major big time. It was like the, the, the move, right? But he was the guy who did that first on TV. It was like the slop drop, you know, which is a stupid name. Yeah, it's a horrible name. And a scorpion jump drop is like reverse DDT. Pretty much, yeah. Right? yeah. He'd been over backwards yeah. and just go straight down. Yeah. Right? Uh, but he was doing that move. And then when, of course, Sting made it popular, but yeah. props to Henry Godwin for 
pulling, you know, bringing that move to America, I guess, or inventing it. I don't know if he did or not, but that was the first one I saw do it. I'll say something nice about the Godwins. Uh, I loved the performance of future naked Midi and Phineas Godwin. I thought he was looking real good just beating the shit out of everybody and slamming them pretty hard. Um, yeah, I don't know. I the kinda, mule kicker. Yeah. <laughs> the mule kicker. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I mean, I don't know how you guys feel about the Godwins. I, I think that's a fun kind of uh, you know, lower mid-card gimmick for this time. Yeah. Uh, it... it it, it, it was it. what it was. It was what it was to you. Yeah, I mean, I didn't. It fit in when they came in, and then, but like, yeah, it was dying out quickly. by can, the time ninety seven. I can see the point of having it on the card because if you have if every match on this card had the same tone, and everything it would get too repetitive and boring. So I can see why having these guys mix in the mix would be good just for entertainment value. Just so you're not watching the same thing over and over again for three hours. Even you know, I guess. Yeah. I mean, staying in a positive light, there were some good double team moves. I liked yeah. the like uh, Phineas body slamming Henry, and both those guys are fucking big. Those like, are uh, very big dudes. Did like the old heart foundation thing where you body slammed him onto the other guy, uh, but he actually did it like a regular body slam, so it just looked like it just killed the headbanger. And the headbangers get to win with the stage dive over the goblin, so they're going to face the winners of the tag team championship match the next night on Raw. So good for the headbangers. And hopefully we'll never see the new Blackjacks again. Of course, fun drinking game during this game. Uh, take a swig every time Vince mentions the Headbangers. Most unusual style. <laughs> <laughs> Most unusual attire. Unorthodox. Yes, yeah. unorthodox. Um, so you guys weren't too high on this match? I mean, it was. It, I thought there was good moments. Uh, it's, a fine, it's fine for what it was. But, okay. I Something about this. I mean, other than... Uh, uh, Phil LaFon and Phineas, or whatever his name is. Uh, Furnace, Doug, Doug Furnace. I thought this was a really fun opener. Uh, you know, I kind of like the clash of all these crazy characters that, again, maybe a year from now are kind of going to be extinct. It's kind of fun, you know, put everybody on the card, kind of match. Yeah, they have Battle Royals now in Andre Giant's name. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. there you go. I get it. And up next, we have another face that we haven't seen in a while, just to get somebody on the card. The Honky Tonk Man has made his WrestleMania return to do some guest commentary. I kind of like this. I like this a lot. I liked him shit-talking. So like, This shit-talking was stupid. Yeah, I liked it. Right. it yeah. I liked it. I'll say this. To me, Honky Tonk Man, I'm, I'm a huge fan of that 80s sort of Hulkamania era. I loved the Honky Tonk Man. Uh, also, in this one, you get, you know, Captain Lou drops by, Bob Backlund, the sheep. Yeah, they show some of the Hall of Famers. This is yeah. before the Hall of Fame is like yeah. really an organized and public event. But they show the guys who went in. Uh, Tony Atlas, Captain Lou. Uh, that's like a Lou Spicoli. Uh, not Lou Spicoli. Uh, ah, I can't remember. But um, <laughs> yeah, it was it was actually it was it was kind of neat to see the old guys and Captain Lou still keeping it real. <laughs> he's being Captain Lou all of. He's to, a, he's Lou all the time. I don't think he ever stops being Lou. Let him over that guardrail and get a job again. Just refuse to be fired. <laughs> there you go. Uh, I'm agreeing with Jake. I I, abs I personally absolutely love the Honky Tonk Man. I love that era. I thought Honky on commentary was awful. Yeah. I, uh, I and, and I'll say yeah. this. I feel the same way about when they tried to put Piper or Mr. Perfect on commentary. Ted DiBiase. These guys are uh, these larger than life's personalities. When they get great on the mic, but soon as they're on commentary, it's I don't know what it is. No, I agree. They they shouldn't be doing like play by play or color. But I just like when 
they are still representing that character and actually giving heat using whatever little bit of heat they have left. Oh, for sure. So I enjoyed that. Like, he just sounds like your old uncle talking shit like, well, when I used to box, well, fuck you. (laughs) You're old. (laughs) Hey, I I can't say anything. I'm a total mark for the honky tonk. I love that character. (laughs) (laughs) You guys ever hear his uh, short-lived podcast? It is. It is rough. It is rough. That's probably why it didn't last too long. But he would he would do his impersonations, everybody, and he can just tell how angry he was that he wasn't because he this is like I don't know about five years ago that he was currently not in the uh, Hall of Fame, even though he he declined and he would like basically half the episode would be talking about how he doesn't like the new product and the other half would be like, well you know the mistakes I made weren't my fault and then the other half is just talking, you know. Because half, half, half. Uh, the other half is <laughs> talking I, about shit. Yeah. I remember seeing uh, Honky Tonk Man maybe about 10 years ago at the Motor City Comic Con. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Empty table, you know, nobody coming up to him. Kind of oh, just, God, God damn. damn. Honky Tonk. Oh, man. Yeah, Honky Tonk, uh, you know, arms crossed. Honky Tonk, arms crossed, you know, kind of snarling. You know, I remember some kid, you know, trying to snap a photo and honky tonk like, "Hey there, kid! You know, put away that camera." Yeah, you come over here now. That's five dollars. Yeah, honky tonk, not uh, <laughs> I'll not shake right that. on roll your ass. Wait, wait, snap photo him just uh, arms folded, no one near. Him. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> damn. It, yeah, I mean, honestly, uh, knowing Comic Con, all the crazy costumes, I'm sure somebody just thought like, "Oh, some guy showed up dressed like Elvis." Are you, are you Bruce Campbell? No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just like some, he does kind of look like Bruce Campbell. Did you? Did, did you go talk to him at least? Or? You know what? I love the honky tonk man, but I was like, man, for that much, I'm not. I don't yeah, love the honky tonk man that man. much. Well, how much was it yeah. worth? Too much. <laughs> Damn. Damn I mean, honky. I, yeah, he just kind of had that vibe where it's like, don't even go up and say hi unless, if you're not going to be giving him any money, don't don't even talk yeah, to him. This is my job. Yeah. No. Hundred dollars, I hit you in with a good car. TC, you bring the guitar. (laughs) All right. So Honky Tonk Man's come out to do his scouting for the next Honky Tonk Man, and which later would become Rockabilly. God damn it! But we have the Sultan with the Iron Sheik and Bob Backlund in his corner, and he's taking on a WrestleMania debut of Rocky Maivia. The Rock makes his WrestleMania debut. In very different fashion than we remember him today. I personally love uh, love this look. I know Rocky Maivia may have not been his best run. Was it the die Rocky die chance that got you? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Rocky but sucks I chance. I loved the white boots. I loved the attire. Yeah, I don't know something about that kind of blue chipper uh, cheese ball baby face thing that I I don't know. I thought it kind of fit him well. And his floppy hair. Yes, his yeah. floppy yeah. hair. Oh, Weird ass fucking hair, dude. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I just don't, okay, for one thing, the Sultan. Rikishi. Okay, Rikishi, yeah. On his fourth gimmick. But you would, I mean, like, if he didn't look like Rikishi, right? So that, they did a good job of hiding his face to keep yeah. him, because they knew this is probably going to suck. And they still, <laughs> and, and his size, hell, you couldn't know. Yeah, yeah that's you're what you're I gonna... took note of. Uh, something unusual about this match, you have, it's a WrestleMania, the Rock's in the ring, and the fans are just sitting on their hands, and also weird, you have a thin Rikishi. Yeah, he was thin. Or I mean, thinner. when he, when he, he was a head shrinker, he was pretty. I mean, he was yeah, he was pretty, he was pretty thin. Was yeah, um, he just slowly got bigger and bigger until they finally went, that's the ass. That, I want. Yeah, that's the, yeah. Uh, but, no shots I mean, in the ass. I'm surprised. Just like those big dudes. He came mm-hmm. out with a cape, big and his asses, pointed fucking hat, looked like a 
fucking Hannibal Lecter is a kid's birthday party magician. Or it was this just the outfit was what, what the scorpion mask like like it, it kind of seemed like they were just backstage in the props department and Vince <laughs> kind of threw everything that no one else was using and said hey uh, try to come up with something here it looked like the Iron Sheik was waiting outside the rejected models from the Mortal Kombat game that came out that year and was oh like, yeah ah you come with me I'll make you a star baby <laughs> fucking jabroni so no. no one cares people <laughs> are people are. The yeah. Sheik is doing his best to get some heat, and he actually does have some, but Rocky Maivia is not popular in Chicago. They have a pretty, I mean, a decent match, pretty standard. But uh, the f- audience is not into it. No. They're, and they're, you hear, the the chants aren't prominent yet, but you, you, you can hear them saying Rocky sucks. Oh, they would turn the mic. They would cut the, they, were, they were editing turn them some down. Of that stuff out. They would yeah. turn the mics down. And there was... One moment that caught me off guard, though, at the very towards the end, uh, there's a, pow, a pile driver, right? Uh, the sheik, uh, the sh- yeah, the sheik pile drives Rocky, and Rocky does not kick out. Like the referee pretty much just stops, and then Rock kicks out. But I mean, that was r- real questionable. Like I mean, yeah. it was like Rocky was slow. He's still young. He's doing a lot of moves like his dad would do. Like they're doing like a lot of the, the dad. They probably force fed that too. They like to do that. Like uh, do your dad's move. Yeah, do, do, yeah. on the tippy toes, like you, shaking yeah. the legs. I yeah. love those drop kicks though. Those were some good looking drop kicks. There is some clean shit going on. Like oh, he, he, they're athletes, first, right? yeah, right. But it's just it's just not great. He's doing t- it's too much of it. The old yeah. school influence. Yeah, I, I I I like with this match. Like what I like about uh, Rocky Maivia, like. Before Kane and Rock is like all the you see how much of an athlete he is like definitely like doing more high flying stuff uh, drop kicks stuff like that and like you know later on we becomes um, who we know him as the Rock um, some of that stuff like kind of like went out the window he didn't do it no more and he came he he did some more brawler type stuff but you know but he still had moves but you know he didn't do that flying crossbody th- yeah he didn't do yeah, that. I wonder no, if that no. has something to do with yeah. his injury. Like when oh, he went out, because you know, same thing with Austin. Like he was more of a high, not I wouldn't call him a high flyer, but he was more technical. But when we see mm-hmm. him in, in the beginning of his career, and then the injury happens, and they start protecting themselves more. So yeah. I don't know if it's yeah. actually like a physical thing he's trying to protect, you know, like a Daniel Bryan type situation, or is like fuck, you know, like I, I'm no longer I no longer have that psychological advantage where I think I'm invincible when I'm young. You know, when you're young, you. you Shit, and I'll jump off the the top top rope. Fuck it, head first. You know, I'm I'm never gonna die. And then you get fucked up, and like, oh shit, can get real, and I can lose money, and this is my business. So I better, I better scrap some of the more high risk shit. Yeah, and good thing to point out that I I realized, you know, Rock here doesn't quite have the charisma that he'd have later, so he has to do a little bit more. Where you look at him, sort of ninety nine, well two thousand. I mean, he can yeah. kind of get by of doing something like the people's elbow. He doesn't have to do a drop kick. He can kind of just do the eyebrow, kind of do a Hogan thing where, yeah. Oh, yeah. you know, he just has the crowd in his hand then. But here they're on their hands. My, yeah. I think my favorite thing Rock do, has done, my favorite thing, not the rock by, not the people's elbow. It's like when he, uh, he's like, like punching them into like in a corner and then he reaches back. Smacks his hand, smack no, not smacks his hand, spits on his hand, and then, and then smacks him, and then they got, yeah. and then the person he smacks is like just, just flies over the. Top. Oh yeah. God, yeah, total the pop, flare yeah. flop. Yeah, that yeah. is great. I so love, I love the, the flare flop. Yeah, yeah. I love that. I love, uh, I love about this match the 
commentators letting us know Rocky Johnson really wishes he could be here. By the way, he's not here or anything. Yeah. He just he really <laughs> which, he's, he's he's at home watching. Which he brings the, us to our second drinking game. Every time Vince foreshadows something that's obviously going to fucking happen during God any of these matches. Yeah, yeah. Uh, take a take a small sip because I want right. I, I want you guys to be able to. You could you could uh, die of alcohol poisoning with a Vince Hell McMahon yeah. commentary drinking yeah. game. So yeah, after the roll up victory by The Rock, he retains his IC <laughs> title, but the Sheik. And the Iron Sheik and Mr. Backlander are not done with him yet. So they start beating him up until his daddy comes out. And then his daddy starts getting beat up. And his daddy's tag team partner, who he was there introducing into the Hall of Fame the night before, Tony Atlas, is sitting in the front row. They done showed him. And he's just not giving a shit about either one of them. So that makes a lot of sense. But I mean, like, Tony, That would have been cool. I didn't even think about Tony's that. Tony's yeah. jacked ass is sitting there in the front row. And he's just watching them get their ass whooped. Mm. Like, oh, fuck him. <laughs> and then eventually Rock gets back up, saves his dad, right? Yeah, he gets yeah. back up, throws a few punches, doesn't spit in his fist, and the sheep, but the sheik still goes down, and they all leave. Uh, well, they, compared they, to WrestleMania one, uh, what was his name? Uh, Junior. Um, oh, Bruno San Martino. Bruno San Martino Ooh, and his son. Yeah, that's yeah, a tough one. Com- yeah, compared to how they ha- like. I'm glad they learned something in the past 12 years on how to handle this situation yeah. because the, the rock still looks good. He doesn't look like a total ass clown where he needs his papa to pick, you know, help him all the time. Okay. Three verse one. Cool. Now it's two verse three and they, they take care of business. That's fantastic. Yep. And I, I think what the WWF learned actually from this Rocky, my, my baby face situation where he's getting booed. They actually applied that to Kurt Angle's character later Yeah, to bring him out as a heel acting that way like we're gonna make you the babyest baby face and they're gonna fucking hate oh, you. you're super soft mm-hmm. yeah like, we're gonna keep you like the beginning rock but we're gonna do it on purpose so they, they learned so the rock helped out even when he wasn't trying to and then we're on to a guy's gonna be helping out in the one of the greatest matches of all time ken shamrock our guest referee for the stone cold bret hart i quit match then, we we on this match already? No, it's the interview. They have an interview with Ken Shamrock before. Oh, damn! Because he's the most dangerous man on the planet. <laughs> yeah, don't get too far. Ahead. ABC, ABC has called him the world's most dangerous man, as Vince keeps pointing out. Yeah, not it's not just me, guys. Yeah, not just me. The news says this. The real news. Yeah, multiple time <laughs> UFC champion. This is back when UFC was more like blood sport and not an actual. Yeah. Uh, you know, have you wasn't... ever seen a Ken Sham- Shamrock like UFC match? Oh, he's a fucking badass. Oh hell yeah! Yeah, he's still trying to do that shit too. Oh god, yeah. He, he just likes fighting. Yeah, he he's was, a bad motherfucker. I love how he says though, like they're doing like the clips when like they introduced him and like so the wrestlers come out to you know they got to get him over, and he puts Billy Gunn in like an ankle lock and like in a shoulder bar and stuff or whatever, and he said, "I'm just I'm not trying to break it. I could, yeah, but, yeah. <laughs> but my goal here is just to let him know who I am, and that I'm not going to be intimidated." And I was just like, he, at the time especially because he was so famous for winning these badass tournaments of like like in a fucking movie. He it comes off real legit. Like, yeah, I'm just letting him know who I am. Yeah, <laughs> you know, so I could I could break his ankle, but, but I didn't. So I what? thought I thought that was a good interview, right? I yeah, um, yeah, and, very realistic. Yeah, and that's pretty unusual for an athlete, like an athlete athlete, to come in here, like a professional athlete, to come into you know the WWE and be able to be so good on the mic because yeah. you know what we've seen in the past. Uh, you know, like the refrigerator and all those other guys. All the, oh yeah, the Mike Tyson players. and fuck, man, all like, yeah, Ronda Rousey get just, you know, they're, they're athletes and I respect that, but talking's a whole other thing. And he, he, 
he found a character and maybe that's this part like he actually did the actual training with uh, uh Bret Hart and his family like I hope that was part of the training because it, it really worked out or maybe he's just naturally good he had some a little bit of experience in the past in Japan uh previously um but not much but in Japan though you're not gonna do that many interviews really uh, so I think they just kind of kept it to commentary on the on what he was his moves you know what he's comfortable with and but yeah he did really well and then Triple H does not do so well yeah, Hunter Hearst. I'm sorry, Hunter Hearst. Hunter yeah, Hunter it was weird seeing him not do well in the mic because he's usually pretty decent. Really good. Uh, I I don't know, man. Something about this uh, original Triple H gimmick just seems so ill suited for him. I know he was kind of doing yeah. it for a short period in WCW, but for him to not be kind of the, you know, sort of the game or you know even the smart ass that he was in DX, it just seems so awkward. Yeah. And, and after all the things Vince said about him, like his nose and everything, I'm surprised he got so far. Yeah, got yeah. prominent proboscis. Yeah, he had a he had a tight ten about his fucking snaz, man. Yeah. like damn. I will say though, I I sort of love this incarnation of China where she's just this. No, this is like my favorite China. Yeah, I where agree. she's just kind of stands in the back, says nothing, and you know will and then occasionally, occasionally body slams him. Yeah, the and yeah. just that whole uh. You know, the whole novelty of having this female bodybuilder who doesn't talk is, I don't know, it's kind of a less is more thing. I felt like, because I always felt like when they finally gave her a mic in her hand, it was pre- it was pretty rough. Yeah. No, yeah. It, wasn't, it, wasn't, it wasn't great. But, like, yeah, this version of China, when she came in, it was the first time, like, a guy had a bodyguard that was a female who would get physically involved. and Which is perfect for an, an Adonis character. Like, we're supposed to, it's... it's the, the purpose of this character is to tap into people who are insecure with their masculinity. So something that's not masculine is supposed to set that off. Mm-hmm. So having a woman fight your battles uh, is like the ultimate, like, fuck you to that. And this rich, prissy guy having a woman yeah. fight his battles, and she looks like a badass. It's so, it's the original Gorgeous George bit, you know? Or there's, this is when all the questions of, like, is she a man, really, or yeah. <laughs> what's going on? And we get we'll, we'll get to that, but he's taking on Goldust. the The story is that China's been attacking Goldust's wife uh, slash manager Marlena, and uh, will China get her hands on Marlena? And the IC title was involved in the past. That's how Rocky got it. Uh, Goldust screwed over Triple H. So now we're having this grudge match, and I, I you know it doesn't really stand out as a great WrestleMania moment match, but like this match was good. They they had some great spots. It was great. Is very physical. Dustin Rhodes, highly underrated. Gold Dust, the Gold Dust entrance, and I don't know if you guys feel the same, but I love the fucking Gold Dust entrance, especially back at that oh, time. Oh yeah, yes, in widescreen. Yeah, they would, yeah, they would change like the speed of the camera and like the like it, it, everything just and like the the glitter sometimes would get annoying because like other wrestlers would be doing something serious and they'd be covered in gold. But, fucking yeah, yeah, a couple yeah. Of matches later, yeah. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> but yeah, I loved the music and everything. It was great. Yeah. Um, he, it was a strong character. He he really built up a really great gimmick. Oh, where should I even uh, start with Gold Dust? First of all, I'll say I have in my living room a giant painting that I had custom made of Gold Dust. This is my favorite character in the history of wrestling ever. You know, this was one of those characters, uh, early 98. Seeing this character on television, I was like, what is this? Uh, so he kind of got me hooked on wrestling. I, yeah, I'm a huge gold dust fan. I love those old appearances he used to do where he'd go on Conan and kind of flirt with Conan. You know, I, even his weird sort of 98 run 
Yeah. With the artist formerly known as Goldust. Right. I enjoy that. And then, of course, later on. <laughs> I forgot about uh, that. Oh, That's man. awesome. Yeah. yeah. Of course, later on, even the comedy stuff oh, with Booker, Booker T. T. That yeah. shit was amazing. That I was, was watching it the other day. I loved it. Oh, God. Yeah. The, the appearances <sighs> yeah. on Howard Stern, I think, are incredible. Oh, they're, they're, but the I, Booker T. Goldust. I love Goldust. Uh, I thought the Helmsley gimmick was kind of ill-suited, but I thought the way they built to the big spot of China finally getting her hands on Marlena was uh, beautiful. That was a fun match. Yeah. yeah, it was a good match. Uh, the 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 end, yeah, the end where Marlena gets knocked into China. Uh, Triple H gets the win, and Marlena's being ragdolled by China in this bear hug. And she, they both both the women do an excellent job. China's shaking her around, and she's doing. And Terry Runnels, Marlena is doing a great job Selling of like, it. yeah. I don't know if they. I'm sure they practice, but like she's moving in. Like it, the opposite direction, I guess. Yeah. Like she's throwing herself, too, so it just looks like she's just getting killed. There was something about this where you know it was, you know, she may have been in good hands, but it just looked so violent. It was yeah. such a great visual. I think you people know, to this day I, still I, think she got, like, yeah. did she get injured? Oh, I, God. I'm not was, professional, but it looked like she was moving the bottom half of the body. So it was just creating, like, and she was moving the top. So, China shaking the bottom half, you're really not going to hurt anything by swinging someone's legs back and forth, back and forth, while she's throwing her head back and forth as hard as she can. So, you're in control of all, like, you know, your neck, your, your, you know, your head and your shoulders and everything that could possibly get hurt if he shook it too hard. That's that my more guess. Titties would come out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> when I have in charge uh, of shaking those as well. And again, that's just my guess. I'm not a professional. It's a very revealing dress. I've never been in a ring. In my head, when that little highlight reel of great sort of WrestleMania moments, I put this in here. You know, with Andre kind of fake choking Bob Uecker and you know, oh, yeah. Tyson knocking out Sean. I mean, this is yeah. This is such a great visual. It, it uh, very very well said. It is a, it is a great visual moment that they use to continue the feud. Uh, Goldust oversell, like falling on his knees and like getting a little emotional in the ring was odd. But <laughs> yeah, other yeah. than that, I, I enjoyed it. And then we're on to a tag team that I really, really, really enjoyed. The Bulldog, the British Bulldog and Owen Hart. Oh, this is great. Tag oh, team champions. Definitely. And they're taking on the unusual tag team. Um, what they, ta- they teamed in WCW, for those who know, is Cactus Jack Invader. But now it is Mankind Invader who have been brought together by their mutual manager, Paul Bear, with urn in hand, to take on the tag team champions. It odd thing was that these both two heel tag teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, get into that uh, attitude era shades of gray thing that we're hinting at. Mm. Yeah. So the European title had been brought in recently, and they had a tournament for it that ended with Owen and Bulldog in a match, uh, where Bulldog gets the win, becomes the European champion, so now he's got two belts. And I think that match was so good that it started to turn these guys babyface, or at least the British Bulldog. Oh, yeah. And then because Owen Hart's so insecure, the previous night in the Slammies, he jumps up and steals the award before they can announce who is the actual winner to say he got his second Slammy. Uh, I think it was for Best Buns. <laughs> oh, I remember Yokozuna and Sonny being nominated in that category. <laughs> now, that was the first year. So Sonny won oh, the first year. This okay. is the second year they did Best Buns, and Owen Hart just jumps on stage and says, I did it! I won. And so he's got two slammies and the British Bulldog has two belts. And they're kind of playing up this team is kind of on the rocks. Uh, Which explains why he's bringing the slammies to the ring. Exactly. Yeah, okay. he, Owen Hart made slammies like 
important and fun. Made I, you yeah. kind of remember the slammies. I missed the slammies. I, I enjoyed those when I, I was feel, a kid. I feel like if it wasn't for Owen carrying around the slammies, we would just remember the slammies as the show where Vince McMahon sang Stand Back, yeah. if you remember. Oh, oh no, God. we did a special episode on that show. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I completely... Owen Hart made the Slammys something to fucking, like, right. talk about and want to have. Like, he, you know, the Slammy Award-winning Owen Hart. The two-time Slammy Award-winning Owen Hart is how he's announced. I just loved it. Uh, British... Bo- I mean, the oh, and Mankind and Vader as a tag team, it worked. Vader looked great. Mankind was all over the, doing his thing. I love some of the double-team moves, like the uh, demolition finisher on the outside. So you get the, the tie into Cactus Jack's outside elbow at the same time. Um, this match was fantastic. I agree 100%. I mean, that kind of says everything you need to know, that in 97, your mid-card is Vader, Owen Hart, Bulldog, and Mankind. Oh, Hall of Famers. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. totally. It, it, so I want to see, Bob, Jacob, did you guys notice, like, there was moments in this match that were, like, rough, right? Yeah. So, yeah. like, there's maybe two guys fighting, and they're trying to go, and the two guys trying to get the ropes, the referee's in the way, they're all trying to move around each other, but it felt real. It made it feel more real, and I feel like that's missing today. I feel like a lot of things today are so, we're in the perfect spot at the perfect time. Well, I think the problem today is a lot of the performers do the same matches with only slight variations, and it gets to the point where we've done this dance so many times, it becomes too clean, so un- it becomes unbelievable. Like, it doesn't look like a real fight because real fights aren't clean. All right. And, like, I feel like yeah. all the wrestling in general on this show, like, had those moments where, oh, that looked like that looked like that rough, and it just didn't look yeah. – it wasn't clean. and it, it it looked like two guys trying to kill each other, you know, yeah, as, yeah. as opposed to two guys kind of doing something that's choreographed yeah. or it, a dance or something. Yeah, it looked like chaos. The referee's diving out of the way to not get, to not get hit. And, like, these right. guys are, you know, it's like four guys getting – and chaos is ensuing, right? Um, yeah, looks great. Compared to nowadays, you see someone get thrown out. Two people get thrown out of a ring, and if uh, Roman Reigns or or uh, Seth Rollins are in the ring, the two people will stand up and watch him bounce off that back rope and then di- do the suicide dive because you know it's fucking coming. Yeah, you know, how, I hate how long they stand there and just watch the motherfucker come at them. Yeah, and yeah, it's it's uh, rough. At least pretend you're looking the other way. Uh. If or I dazed could, or something. Use your peripheral vision, you fuckstick. <laughs> <laughs> if I could mention in this match, Vader, another character that I absolutely love. I love oh, his Japan great. stuff, loved his WCW stuff. Uh, always sad to see that the WWF thing didn't quite pan out. I mean, he started off with the Shawn Michaels feud, and then a year from here, he would be that kind of lackluster 98 run where he was like just like falling down uh, to the mid card. Yeah, they, it didn't have a great run in WWF, but like he's still one of the oh, greatest God. big men of all time. A- absolutely. He had a, a, great... a Vader salt, yep. a guy 500 pounds or whatever doing a moonsault. He had a great one on Boy Me's World. Oh, yes, yeah. totally. Yeah. <laughs> Frankie's dad, yeah. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, real good run on that. Yeah, well, there you go. <laughs> See, that was, that's, that's what How many people had a run on Boy Me's World? That's yeah, how many? Yeah. So, yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I love that you know. I love that you know. Like every wrestling like date like appearance on sitcoms, Jake. It's amazing. I don't I know, know everyone, but I know a lot of them. Uh, <laughs> actually, The Rock. Pl- uh, I forgot. The Rock played his. Um, he actually played his dad on an episode of that '70s show. He played uh, Rocky Johnson. That's, oh, that's right. right. Yeah. Or wait, if we could mention who had a better run on Boy Meets World, uh, Mankind. 
Oh, he oh, was. Yeah, he was yeah, on there. Yeah. He refereed a match yeah, uh, between right. the girls and the guys to win the apartment. Yeah. Really? Like one of the later mm-hmm. seasons. Yep. I think uh, I think in this match, I absolutely love this version of Mankind, this sort of Quasimodo kind of in the all-brown. Yeah. Yeah. The nutcase. Yeah. I, I love this. This version is, oh, my God, I love this. I'm still a bigger fan of like the 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 later mankind when he gets betrayed so many times and he just walks around like wearing like all the different gimmicks he's had and like oh, he's just completely and he's yeah. more he's a little more comical but still a badass like you know he's telling China to come down there and she's gonna kiss his ass or something or kiss her ass she's like I'm a good kisser you know <laughs> yeah uh, later on you know uh, Foley with the comedy was he one of the few guys who I think is actually genuinely funny yeah I agree. It, I agree it worked it, yeah it made sense with the character he was acting like a guy who was just kind of didn't know what was really happening because everything was changing too quickly and, yeah because he always plays true to that thing if this is true what else is true which is a great comedy technique so yeah I, 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 actually isn't he coming to Detroit to do stand-up? yeah on April yeah. 7th he's going to be at uh, Mark Ridley's Comedy Castle we should, we should all get that tickets out. yeah I uh you mentioned you know him how funny he is i i bring up that there's a great uh, and this to me is why i love the mankind character and i think what makes it work so much that scene in wrestling with shadows where mcfoley's explaining the mankind character and he says you know i want to be this guy where people are scared of but they kind of look at him they go you know what i kind of get a kick out of him too and that's sort of i think that's kind of mankind in a nutshell that character yeah he nails it mm-hmm. uh it's it's a little scary it's a little weird he's a little deranged but i don't know there's something i kind of get a kick out of that guy yeah, they still like to want to. Isn't that him and as a person, though? Like, he's kind of weird, kind of strange, missing the ear. Yeah. Crazy hair, can't walk, but he's also Santa Claus. Yeah, you know, there fuck. You go. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> he's also uh, Santa Claus. Yes. I, I always love the just the squeals that he does. Yeah. Yeah. We, yeah, uh, yeah we, talked, the, we did an episode on the uh, Shawn Michaels match in, in Mind Games. Mind Games, yeah. That's like, his best. Yeah, I love that. The, the, the sounds he makes. It's just like, it's just a. He's just completely insane. Yeah, person. the squeals and the hair pulling, these little things that just make you think this guy is out of his fucking mind. I yeah. loved it. And it made sense for him. So the, the ends in a double count out. No titles changed. Jake, I know you hate the non-finishes. I really do, yeah. But I thought this one this one looked like... It was still a good match, but, you know, this is this is... This is the biggest show. This is your biggest show in your company. Like there needs yeah. to be a winner. Think of an ending, Vince. Little mm-hmm. bit of a sour taste when it's a WrestleMania. Yeah, exactly. True, but I will say, and from for me, like as far as like these non finishes go, this one irked me the least. Okay, I, I, I can yeah. I can sign off on that because of like the it, the way it was set up and like the getting knocked out of the ring and. Yep. Mankind's character shouldn't give a shit about a 10 count because he didn't care. He's yeah. just trying to hurt right. somebody. Um, He's not sane. That right. makes sense. A competition wouldn't be that important. Paul Bearer's fault. It's Paul Bearer's fault. He is the manager. Yeah. He's supposed to be directing that nut job to get back in the ring for that count of 10. Speaking I of a actually... guy who makes the best squeaking noises, fucking <laughs> Paul Bearer. <laughs> Speaking of Paul Bearer, I actually had it in my notes. This might be nitpicking. <laughs> from a great pay-per-view and a great match. I wish we'd seen a little bit more of Paul Bearer. I agree. Even a promo. Something he seemed kind of. Yeah, uh, this was kind of like shy of po- promos compared to what we used to see. Like the original, like WrestleMania's be promo match, promo match. The last promo one match. was exactly promo match, promo match. Yeah, promo match. which sometimes that I can don't, be a little hard. To watch. No, I, I agree. Like I don't think it has to be that much, but a little bit of story, you know. Yeah, you got kind of a, a lame Triple H promo and a you know. Uh, a kind of no- fairly normal Ken Shamrock. So yeah, and when you have managers like that, is their only job is to sell a story, right? So use that, and make who, them earn their paycheck. And who's better than Paul Bear? 
Yeah. Bobby Heenan. Bobby Bobby Heenan. <laughs> no one's better than Bobby Heenan. Yeah, wow. Well, the Paul Bear's great. On this card. Uh, in, in 97, yeah. in WWE. Yeah. Nobody. But who told the story for us this time would be the movie voice man. Yeah. There you go. Because we go straight the into the recap for all of the thing, all of the Bret Hart, Stone Cold story, the matches from Survivor Series, and the Royal Rumble, the Final Four, and previously on Raw, and that kind of like the controversy between Bret starting to get some booze maybe, or maybe not being so likable anymore, and Stone Cold just being a terrible person, but people kind of getting behind him. But it's still not there, so we come out... One of the greatest entrances of all time, the first time they ever had like, the glass breaking. Yep. They, they had just started using that in his music not too long before. I think around the time the Brian Pillman gun thing came. Mm-hmm. Um, they started using this glass breaking sound. And so they have like the entrance way with an actual pane of glass that's just solid black. It says Austin 316 on it, and it shatters right as his music kicks in. So like it matches the glass shattering oh, in the great. intro. Yeah. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. For sure. You can tell he's getting the push during his match. Like, no, even, I mean, like, the, yeah. the crowd has decided. Like, this yeah. Is, like, I mean, like, they, like they're going to either booing or like loving. This is like, and this is one of the greatest rivalries ever. And, and it's a build up to this. Like, um, I remember, like, like, Bret Hart. I remember when Stone Cold, like, just keeps, like, ridiculing him for just being a crybaby. Like, ever since you came back, you ain't done nothing but cry. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. It's so fun. Like, and it's, it's so, fuck. Like, pretty much like what Sal saying, like, that, that gray area, you know? Like, uh, like what, what's going on with Bret? Do I cheer this guy? Do I boo this guy? What's going on? But Stone Cold, he's a... He's an asshole. He's a, he's an he's an asshole. He's an anti-hero. But he do kept I, his word. Yeah, he, he kept did his word. Everything yeah. he said yeah. he would do. He, yeah, he did. You know, growing up, I was a massive Bret Hart fan, and I feel that his '97 run was really Bret at his best. This whole sort of everything's unfair. I've been screwed. You know, sort of Canadian hero crybaby Bret. This is to me. This is Bret Hart's best work. They say that wrestling characters are, you know, the best characters are extensions of the performer. You know, Austin wasn't wasn't good as the ringmaster, but when he became this sort of uh, badass redneck, that's when he became good. The Rock, he wasn't good as the blue chipper babyface, but when he became the people's champ, that was The Rock. I feel that this is kind of Brett at his realist, and I think that's why it's resonating so well. Exactly. Because it's them. Like, all this. Like, you're not getting some, like, some... Some written bullshit by the um, the writers for the company. You getting something like you getting a big piece of them, and like I felt like um, Brett, like yeah, Brett, like um, complaining, talking about that shit. Like that he really he really felt that way, and like he felt and he had and, legitimate reasons. Yeah, for like, and, getting yeah. getting screwed well, with. And you got to think, that, so this is 97. This is when kayfabe is kind of like out the window. Yeah. You know, before, like, leading up to this, it didn't take much for a character to get over because the fans kind of believed it was real in the first place. Now you had to be even more real because there's no more, you know, uh, no more disbelief. You're, you're just suspension of disbelief. So, yeah, they had to get they had to get closer to themselves. They had to heighten their own personalities and display that because that's more believable and that's what made it more interesting because you know you you attach yourself to something that's more real than you know fantasy and another thing like leading up to this mashup stone cold had a, a number of 
great promos. I like like some like his best shit was like ninety seven. Like Stone like ninety seven Stone Cold was my favorite one. Yeah, because it's like every mm-hmm. everything like everything he did was fucking gold. Even his promos like like talking about like um uh best uh Bret Hart on his best day can't lace my boots like saying like just how he said it and just like saying like pretty much just spit in the face of everything he said. And you, like, you I, believe I that shit because yeah, it sounds like he believed yeah, it, man. Like, yeah. I mean, as a fan, like like you said, Bob, like everything's kind of out in the open. And I never really grew up thinking wrestling was truly real as far as like these guys are actually like in a real life or death fight. But as a fan, I thought Bret Hart and Stone Cold really did not like each other. Like they made you believe that the, that other shit may be fake, but these two some bitches. Yeah. They do not like each other, and they're going to hurt each other if they can. And they start off the match just that way. Like, they're both in the ring. Ken Shamrock's there, and they just go at it. Go at it. This is not a technical match, and like there's there's a big rivalry here, and that's the story they're telling. And they just I mean they they just it's like a schoolyard fight. They're just dogging into each other, throwing punches, and the audience fighting. Everything. Which was really rare at the time. Like you didn't see that a lot. Right. You guys are actually hitting on uh, two points that I, you know, immediately caught right away with this match, what I loved about it. Uh, Right off the bat, the psychology of this match, there's no headlocks, there's no wrist locks, it's two guys trying to kill each other, and I think for something like this, this, that fits perfect, you know, total blood feud. Uh, The brawling into the audience, I think in 98 that became a sort of crutch that they would use, there's so many bad attitude here main events, but... There was something about this, you know, it would still seem kind of fresh, you know, there was still a novelty to it. Oh, yeah, it was like, yeah. well, the, the people hadn't really done it before, and they had really hadn't, they definitely didn't do it to, maybe you go over the rail, but you, right. didn't, you didn't fight out into went, the crowd. They went into the crowd, yeah. and I think they Austin can't. got back body dropped in the crowd. Yeah, like, yeah. So, uh, yeah. back body dropped on the steps. On the steps, yeah. I uh, mean, it's yeah, similar right. to the, the spot with uh, Brett and Diesel, where Diesel, you know, throws Brett through the table. You know, it was something that it was so rare, but then, you know, now it's almost, if there's a main event where someone isn't going through the announce table, yeah. it's like... Uh, through the barricade. I, yeah, yeah, I want my money You never back. keep the Spanish announce table through a whole main oh, event anymore. Being no. a Spanish announcer in the WWF or E is the most dangerous job in the world. Yes. People get injured but every single ta- day. Being the tables is fatal. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if they do a show in Spain, does the American announce table go first? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good point. That's a good point. <laughs> Uh, uh, or well, in Mexico yeah. or something. Yeah. Does it? I don't know. Do they keep that respect? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, man. to keep it balanced, man. Yeah, keep that balance, man. <laughs> keep it balanced. I feel like uh, every Bret Hart fan kind of has to ask that question, which match you like better, uh, 12 or 13? I think by a mile, I like this better than Hell 12. Yeah. Fuck oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I feel yeah. it's because when you're going into a match and you know that it's going to be an hour long, there is some drama that's taken away, and I'll, especially if you, you know, the first couple pinfalls don't count, but yeah. this is on the edge of your seat. Yeah, I agree. This one definitely holds up better. It's still, even compared to now, like the, everything we see now, um, this match is still just amazing. And it, earlier you were talking about, like, you guys talking about, like, the adi- like the point in the Attitude Era. Like, when it started, for me, like, I think the Attitude Era start, started at the end of this match when Stone Cold is in the sharpshooter and... He almost reverses, like he he kind of reverses, but he, he Brett still has it locked on. But as a reversal, you see him in pain. He's not he's he's not giving up. And you see him like rise up, and he's in pain, and you just see that shot, face bloody, 
Yeah. Blood coming out his coming out his head, just screaming, ah, just screaming, blood coming out. To me, that's like this is the attitude era. This is where it yeah. starts right now. Yeah, that's for me. That's if there, if there was me. a poster for just attitude era, it's mm-hmm. Austin's face, bloody as fuck. Oh God, iconic image. Yeah. I want the T-shirt, blood from the stone. Yes, yes. And Vince didn't want blood. Like, think how different this match would be if there was no blood. I th- I think the blood makes it. I agree. There's no it's reason for him to story. pass out. Like the, yeah. the the passing out is believable because of the blood loss and the sharpshooter and all of that. It's a, and it's covered. The ring was covered in fucking oh, blood. Oh god, it looks like you'd catch hepatitis. Brett Bre- yeah. Bre- had blood all all on him and shit. It was Yeah, it was it it, it, it was, was gritty. It, it, yeah. It, everything they did, the chairs, like they tried to break each other's ankles with like the chair move off the middle rope, you know. Right. Um, strangling each other. The bell, the microphone cord, like everything was a weapon. Uh, it was a street fight. This was like how a street fight is supposed to be. Like, and they, Austin's gimmick was like, I'm not a submission wrestler. I'm just gonna beat your ass till you say I quit. And Bret Hart's the submission guy, so he, he's like, he know what he's going for, and he's working that leg. Everything, like you said, Austin's in pain this entire time. This is like the first time he does like the stomps in the corner and gives yeah. the middle fingers. Oh, I think yeah. this is the first time yeah. he does the double. Well, even the beginning so. of the match, Sal mentioned like that he didn't do the wrestle lock. This is the first time he does his like one of the first times where he starts getting to that ground and pound where mm-hmm. he takes out the legs and just starts punching. Oh, yeah, mm-hmm. and it, which is now like that's that's Austin's move. That's how he starts a fight, you know. And that's how you would start a fight if you knew, you know, if, if you're you a grappler, a guy, yeah. If, if you're a grappler, yeah, you take out the legs, get him down to the ground, and start you know pounding. Mm-hmm. I wanted to bring up my actually uh, MVP for this match. I thought he did a good job was Jerry Lawler, who is somebody um, in the past I thought could be just insufferable on commentary. There was a period during the Attitude Era where he just checked out. I felt he did such a great job of getting over this whole Austin, uh, how tough he is, how he's not going to quit. Right. I, I was surprised because I'm so used to the Lawler of uh, later day who is just kind of getting himself over and sort of checked out. But he did really well. Yeah, I thought yeah. The, uh, the commentary yeah. was there for this. Um uh, they told the story, and they made sure to in, like you know get over. It. He did not say I quit. He passed out from pain. Mm-hmm. You know? But uh, to me though, your body quit. That's just as bad. You know, I, I get that. Oh same. yeah, I'm a Bret Hart fan, and yeah. I still was. And I was like, that's a fucking. Win. I, get, I thought that was a shitty angle. I, I get why they were doing it to protect him, but I, I'm. I don't know. But no, but that's that. that but it. that makes him the hero now. That yeah. if he'd have quit, no matter what, he's not going to be a good guy. I, I get what you're saying, right? But... He's. His pride and shit. He said he, he said he's not going to say I quit no matter what, and he didn't. Stuck to his word. So, I get I get it. Uh, Ken Shamrock did a hell of a job. Special guest referees, like like I said with Roddy Piper, I never never liked him being a referee because he takes away. Ken right. Shamrock was there. He was there for what he was supposed to be there for, and he was also not in the story. Right? Added a, a air of legitimacy to the match. You know, his yeah. UFC background. Yeah. I'm sure they weren't afraid to fight in the crowd with that son of a bitch walking behind him. Oh, like if anybody tries to jump in, no. Ken Shamrock, yeah. excuse me. No one's rushing the ring on this one. <laughs> I, I, I just thought it was funny. Just, just Ken Shamrock when like someone goes pass out and he's like, Steve, do you give right, up? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's just funny. Like, like I know it's good. It's like he's he's damn near dead. He's like he's talking to him. Um, yeah, right. I thought I was funny. You know, I think it. Uh, of course, obviously, you have to point out. You know on the go home show brett starting to show some heelish tendencies even coming into the ring getting a few cheers but by the end of this match people hated this fucking guy this was a masterful double turn Mm -hmm. and just the image of austin bloody limping 
you know, limping out, the crowd doing the sort of slow clap and then slowly turning into chance for Austin. I mean, yeah. he refuses to be helped out of the ring. Oh, yeah, God, it's yeah. Rudy great. moment. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's great. So he's not accepting the crowd yet. Like they, they probably, but that, this is still Stone Cold. Don't help Man. me. He stunners yeah. one of the refs. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. The crowd Which goes nuts. Big yeah. pop after that. Yeah, they, yeah. I mean, like everybody played their characters perfectly in this. It's and a great story. Yeah, it was great it's, story. It's literally my top, easily my top three WrestleMania matches of all time. And not that I have a problem with the next match, but if it would just end it here, I would be great. I would, I've been fine with that. If, if, if WrestleMania 13 ends with this match right here. We don't get to see the next one. I've been totally cool. With it's that. hard to get into the next one after this one. It is. It's it it at the bar. Well, high. they brought everything else into it, so I'm going to be honest with you. As a, I mean, I wouldn't put this next match as one of the all-time great WrestleMania matches, but as just one of those sort of crazy WrestleMania moments. As a kid, I've always loved this match. You know, these sort of uh, train wreck matches that they'll do. You know, of course, <laughs> yeah. uh, WrestleMania 17. Uh, the what is it? The golf cart with Big Show and Raven. Yeah, uh, I oh mean, God. I loved that. And, and Kane. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I I liked this match a lot. I thought this was a lot of fun. It it was definitely what they needed to break up because there's no main event title match. It's going to be without unless it was like a TLC match, which didn't exist at the time or something. Right. It's going to follow what they what yeah. we just saw. It was a lot to take in, and it was you know people are still just yeah. amazed. This so, is a perfect amount of chaos right after story. So, like, a, a perfect sandwich. A story, chaos, eh, an okay story. And I'm going to be honest. If you want to see Ahmed Johnson in a match, do you really want to see him do something technical? Or do you want to see him, you know? Yeah, that's, that's a good point. And it's the original Nation of Domination, uh, which is Farouk, Crush, and Savio Vega as the wrestlers with their Three cronies. <laughs> uh, PG-13, Young D'Lo Brown, Clarence Mason, their lawyer, and four or five other extras that never did anything uh, versus LOD with Ahmed Johnson in a Chicago street fight. They're in Chicago. LOD is from Chicago. Mm-hmm. Huge pop for these guys. Apparently Ahmed Johnson stole his spikes that they gave him to wear, or he says Hawk gave them to him. There's some kind of controversy there apparently, but the match is a, is a street fight. So there's no tagging. It's just three on three or three on 12. And they bring everything, including the kitchen sink, because that's what people said. You know, like, it's everything but the kitchen Every, sink, yeah, yeah, but not yeah, this yeah. match. They have the kitchen sink, so that's it's everything. Very yeah. Looney Tunes yep, type thanks, joke. Thanks. Yep. Yep. They, I, oh. Drinking game. Every time, every time they say kitchen sink, oh, take, yeah. a, take a shot. But it's also the foreshadowing thing. Like, oh, even the, during the Farouk thing. Oh, you don't think I have a kitchen sink? All right. Shit. <laughs> the uh, the Nation of Domination, this was a, a group that I absolutely loved. I loved this group. gimmick. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was provocative. It was with the times. It was edgy. It was realistic. Uh, and plus, how... Well, right. the whole Nation of Islam kind of thing. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. as far as the times, I don't know. I think it would have been better if it was... They done this in the early nineties. You think so? I guess it was. Sometimes yeah. it takes Vince a couple yeah. years to catch up. I like yeah. Nation you know? version too, much better than this. Oh. I didn't like the whole entourage and rapping. I, I, like I, I liked it. Well, well, the rapping was terrible. But like the you uh, don't like Wolfie D and PG thirteen. 
PG thirteen. What the fuck? What the fuck? Well, at least they weren't doing loop. There it is. So oh fuck my it. god, <laughs> they should have had Mo come Mo, out. With yeah, Mo should have been part of the nation. But uh, like the na- yeah, the nation, the domination. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the whole. But I kind of like what uh, Islam, Fruit man. was talking about. Like you've never had a, a black uh, heavyweight champion. You know, like mm-hmm. there there were some really cool things that came up because of this gimmick. I mean, like that. I said, provocative. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's true. I, uh, I personally, and the thing is, that Farouk only got kind of one main event title match, and that was against uh, Taker at King of the Ring. And I thought that, uh, I don't know, I, I just that whole sort of spectacle of him coming to the ring with the, you know, fifty million guys. I, I thought he, I don't know, Ron Simmons is pretty great. I thought he could add a main event run. Especially as this I character, so yeah. He had, I mean, he had a title in WCW. WCW, yeah. Yeah. Was that was it NWA? First black NWA. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a one. Yeah, Farouk is a, uh, a real underrated uh, guy. I agree. I, yeah. I I really I really hate what he like later in years when he was just like a kind of like a comedic character. character. Just, yeah. Just, Damn. Yeah. Yeah. But I think he enjoyed the hell out of that, though. It looked like he was having fun. Got to drink some beer, smoke cigars, and then do like a quick match where he just beat the shit out of somebody. Yeah, you're not uh, hurting your body. Uh, But yeah, I agree. I did did enjoy him and Bradshaw's run. Oh, God, yeah. As APA. Yeah, that was was a lot of fun. Uh, But but I didn't, I just didn't like, personally, I just didn't like this version of the nation. Uh, When it became like the four wrestlers, that were all, you, so they could all get in the ring and do Mark something. Mark Henry, D'Lo, and Rock Godfather. Henry, yeah. yeah, that's a good. Yeah, that is that's a, a pretty good, good. Yeah, combination. Right, that is a strong and, uh, stable. For all real. Hall of Famers. And then when DX made fun of them. Yeah, uh, yeah. Then, <laughs> and then we had like the Nation, DX, and the Heart Foundation later like, on. Like, I know, like, I know I'm uh, like, I know I'm about to um, accept any 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 of my brothers and sisters out here listening. To this. I know I'm, I might upset you, but. When DX made fun of Nations, that was probably the only time I laughed at Blackface. There you go. <laughs> that was the, probably the only time I laughed at that shit. Yeah. And didn't realize I was like what I was laughing at. This but, is like oh, I'm 12 years old. It was like two, like, it was two years later when that became like a big issue. Like it was on CNN and stuff. Um, it actually happened when I was in college at Knoxville. And it was at Knoxville. It was a Halloween party. Um, you talking about that moment? That's when like, that, yeah, that, and that, that's like the, one of the first big news stories that came out like, is like these college kids were wearing blackface, and then it became like, well, they did it here too, and here too. And it's one of those things like they just blew yeah. up all of a sudden, and then then it was just completely unacceptable. But that was in two thousand one, so we're still a few years away from that. Yeah, but it was still questionable. It just wasn't like a hot button issue, right? Or like a hot like a. Just well, a, DX made fun of them like the next year, right? In ninety eight. Yeah, okay. and had a big few right before the ladder match. With a uh, rock and triple, yeah, that was H. a pretty good one too. I, I I like it when the wrestlers used to dress up as each other and make fun of each other. Yeah. Yes, a uh, a wrestling feud staple. Yeah, the old mm-hmm. uh, NWO making fun of Art Anderson. I know that 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 was a hot button for Ric Flair, but I that bit was that it cracked me up. I'm a spot, not like a liver spot, not like my dog spot, yeah. but my spot. God bless. <laughs> <laughs> I um I thought LOD looked great here, and it's crazy to think that they're about exactly one year away from maybe their worst year, just officially jumping the shark. Yeah. WrestleMania 14, they changed uh, from LOD to LOD 2000. They're with Sonny. Who she did, looked good, though. She looked great. She would later leave, and then they would bring back Paul Ellering for maybe 
two minutes, then he would turn on them and side with DOA. Adding him to your to your tag team is like putting the new in front of your tag yeah. team name. It just fucks you uh, up every time. And then they would throw in uh, draws time. eventually, and then the whole alcoholic. Yeah, yeah, the old alcoholic jumping off the Titan Triangle. So no, 98. I, just, I prefer not to think about that for the LOD. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna leave it right here. Like I loved the end of the match with like the double Doomsday devices. Ooh, it was great. Um, Ahmed damn near killed that one guy, Wolfie D, I think it was. Because <laughs> he didn't let him, he didn't like push his ankles. He just kind of held him. So the guy, you see on the replay, he about an inch away from just landing on top of his head. Wow. Um, but this match was, it, it, it was supposed to be just kind of a, you know, just train wreck. And it was. They used a lot of weapons, used a fire extinguisher that I'm pretty sure was not a gimmicked fire extinguisher. Also a noose. Yeah, that was, yeah, to me that's. Uh, they had used that on Raw a few or some other show a few weeks earlier, and like that, and it was a lot worse then. Wow, I bet. Um, and they 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 used they used a noose later on at WrestleMania. Then um, that's Big right. Boss Man get hung. Yeah, Big the, Boss Man was murdered. Yeah, the Undertaker murdered the Big Boss Man and was ascended into the heavens. But luckily, due to his Undertaker powers, he raised him over the night yes, and he came yeah. back. And he was well, hey, it was a cop getting hung. So yeah. whatever. <laughs> Shit. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> well done. All right. Very Watchmen of them. Mm, I like it. And all right. So after this street fight, we're on to another like uh, movie promo backstory between Sid and the Undertaker. And we have our main our title. The Psycho Sid is your champion, and he's taking on the Undertaker. And what many people have said is a very forgettable, very one of the worst WrestleMania main events. I disagree. I thought the match was. I thought the match was all right. It just had a. It just had to follow, Brett and Stone Cold, which nothing really could. That's true. That's true. Like uh, I, I feel. I feel bad for the back end of this, this card because that match was so iconic. It, it was hard to, to restart everything. You know, and, and I enjoyed the last two matches. They were, they were fine. But like I said before, like if it would have ended after you know, after that match, I've been cool with it. I uh, I like the visual of seeing these two just big guys kind of beat the shit out of each other. You know, Psycho Sid's got such a great look. Of course, The Undertaker does as well. Uh, I mean, it definitely lacked the drama of uh, Austin and Brett, which probably would have been a better main event. But uh, I don't know. I felt like at this point in the pay-per-view, I was so drained emotionally. You know, you see this giant car crash of a match, and then you see this dramatic thing with Austin. So it was kind of nice to have something that was uh, a little predictable. And, of course, you get the feel-good moment with Undertaker, you know, on one knee raising the title. That's a great mm-hmm. shot. Yeah, that, that, that's that's great. That shot alone is worth watching the match for. Like, I think this could have been a shorter match because they, had, they didn't really have much to, to say or do. But I can understand the length just because they had to make it a little bit more realistic. These two big guys have to go back and forth, back and forth the entire time. I, I did really enjoy the spot. I think the coolest spot I ever seen Sid do was reverse the Undertaker's tombstone and, and give it to him. Yeah. That, oh, that was great. That was that was the high I, to me. That was the high point of the whole entire match. Yeah, yeah. that uh, was the best spot. Uh, my best, my favorite part of the match is uh, is uh, before the match started when Bret Hart comes out and adds to the uh, his 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 heel turn pretty much. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was. My favorite part. <laughs> yeah, Sid. Yeah, Sid power bombs him real quick and yeah. just says, "Quit your whining, quit your crying, and get to the back." Get, get that your was great. Ass out of here. But then, like, uh, cementing that you know the hitman of old is you know dead in this yeah. sort of kind of crybaby. And that crying, the audience is cheering him. Yeah, the audience is cheering him. They're, and he's uh, talking. But Brad was talking shit to Shawn Michaels. 
before who also came out. Yeah, let's talk about that real quick. Shawn Michaels comes out for guest commentary. He gets about a three-minute entrance once again. Fuck. Um, <laughs> he's limping part of the time, then he's not. And I think two yeah. weeks later, he'd do a backflip into the ring. Hey, don't don't hate on Shawn's entrance. Don't hate on Shawn's entrances, and don't hate on Diddy. That's what we learned. I won't hate on if Sean's Sean interest. came out to Diddy. I might have gave him a pass. Really? Don't hate on the two Sean's. Both are named Sean. Both are named No hating Sean. That's a T-shirt. So, don't hate on Sean's. Anyway, but yeah, he's supposed to be finding his smile, but instead he's going to sit with the king and take oh, Jr. spot, so Jr. doesn't give commentary yeah. this last match. Yeah. I felt Which the. Was uh, I felt the. I mean, I listen. I love Sean. I don't think it's WrestleMania without Sean. I felt that them making such a big deal out of. Because even in the intro package where they had to kind of shoehorn Sean and they're like this big deal about, you know, mm. the champion losing his smile and leaving. And I don't yeah, know. to just And then he had to kind of come that. out and just do commentary. It's sort of like, oh, well, this kind of takes away from. Yeah, it was kind of like uh, when the Macho Man took a break for two years and he was doing commentary and then came back to wrestle. It was like, yeah, we want to see Macho, but not like this. Yeah, and especially that they were hyping it as this is some real important angle yeah. at WrestleMania. It's like nothing really came of it. He was just doing commentary. It almost felt like this was the new version of when they used to have Jesse the Body Ventura uh, do commentary, and then in the middle of WrestleMania, for no apparent reason, they would, they would announce him. He would get up and, pose. and, f- and oh. fucking pose. Yes, and yes. And it's like, what the fuck? Why? We He's been here for like two hours. Yes, yeah. that is. I like that. That's yeah. a very good comparison Like for this random appearance. Here's your ego. Let's all stroke it. Cool. Come back next year and maybe do something entertaining. I will say this, though. Any uh, chance I get to compliment the uh, commentary styles of Jesse Ventura, I will. <laughs> I he love is him. my all-time favorite wrestling announcer. Him and Vince... That to me is the greatest wrestling commentary team. I listen. I know Vince is not great, but the way they used to kind of go back and forth and bust each other's balls. I mean, that's pretty much my, uh, you know, growing up on those secondhand uh, Coliseum videos from my older brother's uh, stepbrother. That's my childhood. The voice of uh, Jesse and Vince. Okay, mm. they were uh, fantastic. Oh yeah, I, I do love the way Jesse used to call bullshit. Oh, like, yeah. Doesn't the doesn't the champ usually come out first or second? Like stuff like that. Just or, like or he call out Hogan for cheating. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Look he just at him hit him with a chair. He's cheating. Yeah. 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 yeah Jesse yeah. was uh, always my man growing up. All right. All right. I'm a I'm a bigger fan of Bobby uh, Heenan and Gorilla, but uh, but yeah, Jesse and Vince were great. Um, Vince, the King, and Sean. I mean, they do a fine job, I guess. But this match, yeah, this match. Brett comes out again later with chairs. Uh, he kind of interferes twice. And then Undertaker gets the win with the power of the tombstone. And like you said, like that iconic pose of the one knee raising the hand with the belt at WrestleMania. That's his first title win at WrestleMania. Um, and it, I thought this match was fine. I, I like, I liked the psycho Sid character. I'll be honest. It's a guilty pleasure, but I, agree. I, I like the master and the ruler. Oh of yeah. The world. <laughs> My question is, what do you guys like better? Uh, Taker versus Sid or Taker versus Diesel? Um, mm. Hmm. I'm gonna go with Diesel. Yeah, Diesel? I'm gonna go Diesel. Big Daddy Cool. Yeah, yeah. Who do you like mm. better, D? Uh, overall, the work of Kevin Nash or the work of Psycho Sid? Nash, Nash all day. Nash, you think Nash. so? Yeah, yeah, all day. yeah, all day Nash, all day, man. Uh, yeah, I, I, Nash I, I, too. I, think I, I kind might of agree. agree. Yeah, He's way more kind. It's like, yeah. I, I, I think Psycho Sid has a better look. That dude's just chiseled. Like he looks, like, he looks like a fucking monster. 
I I just don't think like man his his in ring work was enough for me. I will know? say this: I can't really think of a classic Psycho Sid match. I know that Nash's sort of run with WWF when he was in the ring with Brett, it was always great. When he was in the ring with Sean, it was always great. So he's definitely has some matches that I can reference as being great. Whereas yeah. Psycho Sid, I can't really think of a match that I would consider as oh, that's my favorite because he's. Yeah, I'm guessing. I mean, no, I kind of see what you're saying. Like, Kevin Nash as a wrestler isn't the best wrestler, but he does have good matches if you put him with a good wrestler. Right? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's not a good wrestler. It's not a good match because it's a Kevin Kevin Nash match. It's a good match. Sid, though, I I think it's a good match despite him being in the match. That's a good way of putting it. And I feel like the only match I really remember him being in, you know, you know, as memorable as him completely destroying his what is it his ankle in wcw yeah WCW? we were talking that oh is, that is disgusting. i remember his first main, main event that was the best blooper oh, in wrestlemania was against hogan oh yeah um, so yeah Sid only wrestled at two wrestlemanias and both were main events both were main events no yeah. undercard for the master and the ruler of the world i know one thing about uh sid and Nash is they both uh had wrestlemania moments when they fucked up on their promos <laughs> yeah. they both fucked up the interview but <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, they did. Yeah, they're not they're uh, good interviews. Sid champion. was really good and ready to rumble, though. Oh yes, of course. <laughs> that, that's I never like, saw that movie. We got that's got to be a bonus episode. We'll watch that because I, I do I, no holds barred. Also, hell yeah, no holds yeah. barred is Dookie. <laughs> no holds barred. Yeah, another uh, movie poster that I have framed in my living room. Dope. So. We're gonna be good friends. Uh, that's awesome. I'm glad you guys had me on. I loved watching WrestleMania 13 with you guys. Thank you so much for inviting me. This was a blast. Yeah, thank you for joining us. You've it's been, been a lot of really fun. Really great guest. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, thank you. Yeah, I like I said. You, uh, once you get me started talking about wrestling, I'll I'll probably never stop. Well, so. that's a, the yeah. point of having a podcast. So yeah, I guess this thing. is true. Uh, but before we get before we finish, um, why don't you? Do you have anything you want to promote? Yeah, as a matter of fact, I do. I do comedy. I do sketch. I do characters on a YouTube channel called Hot Talent Buffet. So if you found uh, anything I said to be even remotely entertaining and you're curious to see more, check that out. And uh, I'm not going to bore anybody with the details because uh, this is a wrestling podcast. But Hot Talent Buffet, check it out. And uh, We'll post the link on, uh, on, our, on our Facebook page. It'll be easier to find, too. Oh, well, thank you so yeah. much. That's great. Uh, again, I'm, I had a ball. I love awesome. talking about awesome. wrestling. Thank you for coming. So yeah. thanks for inviting me out. It has been a great show. We had a great guest, and it was a great WrestleMania. And until next time, Bob, you got anything? Uh, last week was snow day. I had a great time. <laughs> last week before snow day. All right. Jake? Uh, Perform my one-man show soon. Birth of Whole-Ass Nation. Coming soon. That's it. That's all I got. All right. One last time. Sal, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. And until next time, we're going for the leg. Hold up now. Before you go, we here at the WrestleManiacs Podcast want to thank you for listening. We want you to know that this is a podcast by wrestling fans for wrestling fans. So we want to hear your feedback. We want to hear your stories, your comments, your questions, so we can make this podcast as good as possible. Now, in order to get in touch with us, you can hit us up on Facebook at WrestleManiacs Podcast on Facebook, or you can email us at WrestleManiacsPod at gmail.com or on Instagram at WrestleManiacsPod. Thank you for tuning in. We want to also thank Gabber Media. You can check out all their other great shows or however you get your podcast or at gabbermedia.com. See you guys next time.